You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everyone and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm just getting used to this uh, process of uh, utilizing the uh, internet in terms of broadcasting remotely. It's uh, been a learning process. It's been really, really uh, mm-hmm. It's been a really good uh, experience overall, though. Yeah, I actually, I this is is one of the silver linings about uh, our forced situation here. I am becoming more familiar with new technology, and this actually offers us, um, as we were talking a little bit off air, the opportunity if we ever run into a pickle where I can't get into the studio, we can use this technology and record. So it's it's um, it really has been a, a good process. Yeah, this is a blessing in disguise. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. I agree. I agree. Um, Everybody, as you can tell, today's show is taped, so no opportunity for call-in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three sites. And if you'd like to email us with any suggestions for guests, any topics you would like covered, please do so. We are at thh at radiomaria.ca. And please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria, Radio Maria Canada website, and um, which is radiomaria.ca. And you can find them on my website, which is kathybsa.com. So I've been doing a lot of deep diving into some apps for a mindset, for gratitude, because I think uh, this is an area that, you know, with our time being spent, a lot of it at home, we have this great opportunity to delve into maybe some areas that aren't as familiar to us or that we don't really nourish as much as we should. And Again, one of these areas is cultivating a positive mindset. And when we're under new stresses, when we're presented with situations that um, can make us feel a little bit out of control, cultivating a positive mindset uh, can be really helpful. It can actually, you know, guide us through some of these more difficult times. There are some wonderful, wonderful apps out there, and you can certainly go ahead and Google and find out which one best is suited for your needs. But I'm going to talk to you today about three of them that I've been using. Um, And one is gratitude, and the other two are more about cultivating a mindset. However, the three of them, you know, do go hand in hand together. So again, 
do your own research, find out what works for you. I just thought, you know, this could be the, the starting point of a conversation or just further thoughts for yourself. But um, the one that I'm going to start off with was actually developed by um, the Anxiety of Canada people, and it's called MindShift. And MindShift is an app that is designed to help you cope with mild to moderate anxiety. And the aim is to change how we think about anxiety. So it's not telling you that your anxiety is wrong. It's, it's sort of changing the way that we focus on anxiety. And this site uses proven scientific strategies to help you engage in healthy thinking. You check in each day, you track your anxiety, and they give you a number of tools in this app to help you work through them. So to, they, you know, you go in there and you'll, you'll plug in how you feel in the day and they give the, offer you different ways of helping to cope. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. It's a good site that I've been using. Uh, it is a free app. Um, and I got it from the app store. So wherever you guys get your apps, you can certainly go there and get it. The next one is called Calm. And Calm in 2017 was named the iPhone app of the year. And this is a wonderful app for everybody from those that are just starting out in this domain of mindfulness and meditation um, to those who are much more experienced. And this, again, is also working to calm your mind, to lead you through meditations and help you to uh, mitigate some of the stress and anxiety that you might be going through. Calm offers daily calm sessions, and it guides you through meditations, sleep stories, and breathing programs. And I have been using this one actually for a couple of years, and I, I find it wonderful, uh, just the way they talk you through, through things, um, the way they talk about meditation. It's, it's just a great app. I found it, you know, very, very helpful. And I use the free version, but there is also a, a paid version that you can get as well. And the last one that I want to talk to you about is a new one that I have found, and I've just started incorporating into my day. And I've posted some of the daily gratitudes that are coming forth because it's just, it's just a nice way to start the day off with gratitude, a nice way to start the day off and also a very nice way to end the day. And the Gratitude Happiness Journal is daily, you do daily recordings of gratitudes. And as we've talked about many times, gratitude has been shown to increase happiness and to improve your mood. And as the app description states when you look at it, the app was built out of a personal need to cope with anxiety and depression. So this app offers unlimited journal entries and affirmations. It really is wonderful. You can set your timing for reminders and it gives you ideas of how to start writing affirmations. That even be challenging, you know, in, in, in times when you're, you're not feeling extremely grateful. Uh, this will sort of prompt you into, into ideas and thoughts that, that can generate these feelings of gratitude. Uh, I love it. As I said, it's a new one um, that I've started to use. There is a pro version, but so far I've been using the free one and it's worked just fine for me. So, Again, these may not be exactly suited for you. They're ones that I particularly like. And, 
use, use the information either to try these apps or to delve in and try some apps of your own. But lots and lots of support out there, especially during this time where we can be a little anxious and, and feel a little bit uh, out of control. Uh, hopefully that helps you. Um, our guest today is Nicole Worth, and Nicole is a coach, author, and speaker who shows women how to become best friends with their body. Because when a woman sees how awesome her body really is, she can create the life and body that she's always wanted without force or willpower. Nicole knows this to be true because it's happened to her and thousands of her clients. Nicole's been coaching women since 2006, has written two books, and has had an 84% success rate. Success rate. So today we are going to be talking to her about everything to do with positive mindset when it comes to treating uh, our bodies well. And it's, it's, uh, she's a very interesting and a very um, vibrant lady, and I think you're really going to enjoy her perspective. So our learning points today, why willpower is not helpful for a healthy body and why willpower fails us, why respect is the key to our health goals, and how we are innately tied to nature and the environment. And we will be back in a few minutes to talk to Nicole.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As I mentioned, our show today is taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are at in- on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on each one of them. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you, and unfortunately, we didn't get you live with any questions or anything like that, but that's okay. These are the, the challenging times that we have, and we're, we're doing our best to accommodate. So, you're actually my second show taping, so I'm going to be that much better ahead, I think, than the first one. So, here we go. We're going to power through this. So, give me your story. Tell, tell everybody and myself how you got to this place where you're working with women and changing the mentality. What brought you here? Yeah, so I um, I didn't have a lot of body image issues growing up, but I got out of high school and gained all kinds of weight and did what I thought you were supposed to do when you gain weight, which is go on a diet. didn't know that there was any other option. And so I started dieting, and I'm a very will, willful, you know, person, you know, set my mind to it and get it done type of a person. And I worked really hard. I remember saying that losing weight was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And it was just this, it, it just took so much work. It took so much mental energy just to finally release the weight, which took me a few years, but When I finally got there, you know, anybody would probably look at my body and think, wow, she's really fit and healthy. She's got it going on. Talk about some fitspiration, blah, blah, blah. But in all reality, I was an absolute mess by the end of it. I was so caught up in disordered eating and disordered exercising, I didn't even see it. And I feel like we see that a lot right now within social media with people posting all of these pictures about what they're eating and being in the gym every day. And, you know, that was me. I was deathly afraid of so many foods. I was so afraid of sugar and so afraid of butter and red meat. And I was just so stressed about it all. And when I really sat back and thought about it, I, I mean, I had some self-esteem issues, but man, the what dieting did to me and my self-esteem was completely wreck any little bit of self-esteem I had left. I was in such a worse place mentally because of dieting that um, it didn't really even make, you know, looking good even worth it. I mean, because at that point, you're such a perfectionist that there's always work to be done. I mean, I could always find something else wrong with my body. I even went under the knife and got plastic surgery just to finally feel some relief and some happiness, but that didn't do anything either. And it was just this moment where I just realized, wow, dieting is not the solution. Dieting is the problem because I may look healthy to you, but I am the most unhealthy I've ever been in my life. And so that really got me exploring better ways of finding health and yes, stop idolizing this perfectionistic body that we're all sold that's completely unrealistic. And that's kind of how Wildly Alive was born is really shifting away from this shame-based change, as we call it, which is, you know, hating yourself enough 
to find the willpower to change it or stick with some sort of, you know, plan um, to respect-based change, which teaching you all the ins and outs and the beauty of your body and how badass she really is. So then you want to care for her. And then it becomes this mutual respectful relationship where, you know, it's, it just, because an unhappy journey never results in a happy ending. And I think that's one of the biggest things we have to remember about following some rigid plan is I know for me, I just said, if I could just, you know, get through this, hate myself enough, then I'll be happy on the other side. And that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the standards are two, two things about that. The standards are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about, you talk about you hating her. And that really is a disjoint just in the way we are reflecting on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me, and I guess it's, it's, it's the female being, but why are women caught up in this? And I guess this has been since the beginning of time, but mm-hmm. why are we so caught up in this and men don't seem to be as caught up? I mean, I know men care about how they look, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to, ha- to have the mental anguish that women do. Or the flip side of this is that maybe it's just the women that a lot of people can make money on nitpicking at how they look and so forth. But it just seems to me that um, women have this pervasiveness to always be looking at something better as far as their looks and their weight. And why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. I think it's a distraction. I mean, I do think that we have been brainwashed as women at some point to be told that the most important thing about us is how our body physically looks. And that's been reiterated every time we turn on social media or we watch TV or we read a magazine and idolizing thinness, making us believe that if if our body looked a certain way, then we'd be happy, then we'd have the perfect marriage, then all the money would be filling up in the bank account. And like, oh, the clouds would part. And when you're thin, everything is so great. But this mentality sets all women up for failure. Mm-hmm. So any woman that is struggling with her body feels broken because she's not thin. But any woman who is thin feels like she's broken because she's a human and she still has freaking problems. So then she's like, well, what's wrong with me? I don't have my weight to blame anymore. And that's where I was, is I had lost all the weight and I had realized, well, now I don't have anything to blame my unhappiness in. Mm -hmm. And so it just made me feel even more broken. And so I think we need to really shift away. And, And it's happening, you know, like the body positive movement is happening and body acceptance is, is really becoming more prevalent. And though it's beautiful. The problem with the body positive movement is really how the mind tricks you. You know, the mind wants to say, oh, well, I I love my body now, so I can just eat as much sugar as I want, or Mm. I love my body, so I don't need to exercise. And it's really hard to go from despising your body and feeling really rejected by your body to all of a sudden loving it. And so that's where respect-based change really is the nice middle ground because I'm not saying you need to love your body right now. I get it. It's really hard to love something you've hated most of your life, but we've got to at least start to look for 
the areas that she is doing things right and why she's so cool. So then you start to find a respectful place. Is there ever a happiness achieved? Do you find that when you work with women, they get to that place and they're, yeah, I'm finally here. After all these years, I am happy with me. Are you able Mm -hmm. to accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of them say like, my body doesn't look the way that I thought it would, should look by the end of this program, but that doesn't matter to me anymore. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, and this is the whole healthy at any size movement as well is that they are proving that just like there are naturally thin people, there are naturally fat people mm-hmm. and we could, and all of their blood work is coming back like they're fine. But again, it's this stigma that thin is ideal because a lot of my clients will go to their doctor because of a sore throat and be prescribed weight loss. And it's like, we've really got to understand that a thin body does not equal a healthy body. And so it's really about befriending your body and figuring out again, like how she really is here to guide you into her healthiest form, but it might not look like the societal standard size six, right? Mm -hmm. And really letting that go. We have to let it go of this idea of what healthy is supposed to look like and settle into what's my healthy body going to feel like at this phase of my life. Because obviously the body is always evolving and changing. Yeah, and it is. Uh, You know, um, what is attainable when you're 20 or 30 is, you know, like someone who's had like myself four kids and in my 50s is darn right stupid to even think that I can go back to. But, you know, wanting to for sure. I mean, who wouldn't like a nice flat tummy? And but do you are you teaching women? as they age to change you know is it is it one constant love for the body or is it an evolving reacquaintance and a re-loving of the body as we age as the body changes yeah yeah I think that's a really good question because when women go through menopause right they Um, could gain some extra weight around their middle. And it's almost a knee-jerk reaction of like, I need to restrict more. I need to count my calories again. I need to never eat bread. I need to remove sugar from my diet. And again, I'm not here to argue that those things could not be beneficial. But, But I always think about how the mind is going to play devil's advocate here and actually work against you. Because I know for me in the dieting arena, when you tell me that I can't have something, I just want it more. And Mm -hmm. so that whole idea, again, I'm not arguing the facts. I'm not arguing that not having processed sugar is healthy. Don't get me wrong. But for me, when I put restrictions and rules on myself, I can stick to them for a little bit, but then my inner rebel comes out and says, well, watch me, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, I was a big binger. Um, and so when our body starts to change form, so, you know, I, I had a child and my body looks a lot different than when it did before I had him. I think it's an invitation to learn unconditional love on an even deeper level. I'm not saying that this is per- a permission slip to treat your body like crap, to overfill your body to the point of being uncomfortable, to never move her. That's not what I'm saying. We can still feel appreciation for our body and appreciate 
appreciation for what we have while also striving for a healthier form. But the knee-jerk reaction cannot be restrict more. It needs to settle into, well, how can I at least get to a place of acceptance? And again, coming back to that perspective, you know, like we have to be really realistic with what is, what's realistic for us in our life and our bodies and our age and, and all of that. I'm not saying you have to look bad. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be a level of acceptance first because then, you're just going to be res- fighting. I just get this feeling of fighting with your body, this constant fighting with your body. It's not an opportunity to just fight her more. It's an opportunity to sink in more deeply with her and, and love her because she's doing the best she can with what she has. And like, what's so offensive with a little bit of a belly roll? Mm-hmm. You know, like we just get so offended by our cellulite. And I used to, I mean, my thighs were my, most hated part of my body. And now I'm like, what is the big deal? What is the big deal about cellulite? Why would we make such a big freaking deal about it? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Like it shows when I wear my shorts, whatever. I'm not going to like not wear shorts because then I'll be really hot and grumpy. So like, why? Like I need to stop feeling like it needs to, it is offensive. You know, what, what age group would you say you work with the most or are you pretty much across the board? Um, uh, well, I've worked with women. I mean, I've worked with women. I've worked with 19 year olds and I've also worked with my oldest client was 80, 83. I love her so much. She's so <laughs> awesome. Um, but I would say the average age that I work with is late thirties, forties and fifties. So when these women come to you, what is the thrust of what they want to accomplish? Is it weight loss or is it acceptance? Well, I think all of them would be lying if they didn't say they would like to lose weight because that's okay. We're allowed to want to lose weight. And that's what I say to them. It's fine. If you want to lose weight, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. But I think the main driver is I want to feel healthier. I want to take better care of myself and I don't want to do it in a way that feels so freaking stressful and obsessive and requires so much willpower. And do you think that you have to go through these different levels before you get to a place where you would come to you and say, okay, enough is enough. I've done, you know, the normal things, the gym, the, the, the eating nothing. Now it's not working for me. I just need to go home and do this a totally different way. Is that when people are coming? Yeah. I mean, I do believe that this approach takes a level of maturity because Mm -hmm. you're not going to lose 10 pounds, you know, instantly with me at all. It's going to be a process of rewiring how you look at food. Stop categorizing food as good and bad, because that, again, is adding stress into your body, adding stress into the choices that you're trying to make with eating. Rewire how you think about exercise. Exercise is not a manipulation tool. It's It's a means to feel good, to feel happy, to feel invigorated, to feel strong, to feel mental clarity. You know, like we're rewiring the entire, the entire way that we look at food and exercise. And so it takes time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you have to be willing to be patient. And yes, I think there are a, a group of women who come in and they're just fed up with dieting. They're so tired. They're exhausted because it takes so much work. They're losing out on precious moments in their life because they're thinking about their next calorie, how they're going to burn it, what they're going to eat, you know, where I was. 
And then there's, I think there's another subset of women who never really have dieted. They've always thought dieting was a little crazy and think like, why are people doing this? <laughs> it sounds mm -hmm. insane. Um, and they are just a little lost because dieting is what is being sold predominantly and they haven't found another way of finding a healthy body that really makes sense to them. So I would say those are the kind of two groups that kind of come in. Yeah, and I think when you have more to focus on, like this is, I'm just kind of going over my head right now, you know, through, you know, as I have changed in my life, when you're 19, 20, your focuses tend to be, well, they are much different than when you're, say, 30 or 40, mm -hmm. and you've got a family to look out for. And I, and I do think you're really spot on when you say there is a little bit of a maturity factor, mm -hmm. because when you have other precious things like children that are, you know, the number one priority in your life, I think then at that point, you may be able to stop and say, you know what, I can change my focus a bit here now because I'm not number one anymore. And I think that's an important piece. And I think where you can slip in right there is really vital for people because, you know, when your body does change a lot between when you're 30 and 50, it, it can be, you know, when you go from season to season and pants get shorter and waistlines get tighter, it can be a little bit, uh, you know, nerve wracking. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's very valid um, what you're doing. So I want to take a break here um, and we'll go to a couple of minute break here. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion here with Nicole Worth. at me and saw the person that I could be awakening my heart breaking through the dark suddenly your grace like
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Nicole Worth of Wildly Alive, and we're going to continue this great conversation because she and I have an alignment that I really, I really like. And I want to continue on this idea of willpower sort of defeating us and getting this idea that we can't do things, which is another negative to, to chalk onto the whole bunch of things. So, Nicole, there's willpower and then there's sort of stick to itness. And, you know, to be honest, we have to have at least the fortitude and the stick to itness to get through a program. You know, you, you mm-hmm. set ideas and you set goals, I'm assuming, for everybody. What's the difference, would you say, between the two? Yeah. So, okay, here's a really good example that I give my clients because, again, like, this isn't a program where you will see physical results instantaneously. And so especially to the client who has done a lot of diets in the past and they they use that weight loss, that physical change as motivation to keep going, we have to start looking at success through a different lens. Again, we're getting away from this idea that how our body physically looks um, you know, tells us if we're doing a good job or a bad job. So we've got to focus on other things. So um, a good example that I get give is like emotional eating, binge eating. So typically, you maybe are a person who binge eats on some sort of a regular basis. And then you start opening up this conversation that we've been talking about with how you really view food, letting go of the categorization of food, um, setting an intention to feel more relaxed and letting your body guide your food decisions then you're going to start finding some awareness when it comes to your binge eating t- tendencies. So say, you know, like, again, we think, we think success is not binging. We think failure is binging. And we think it's either failure or success. And that's it. It's A and Z. But there are a hundred other steps in between there. And so we've got to start recognizing and celebrating those little successes. So say... You had a stressful day, you beeline it to the cupboard, and you start binge eating. And right at the end of the binge eating episode, you're realizing, whoa, okay, I just binge ate because work was super stressful. That's a step in the right direction. And then, you know, maybe a few days later, you're super stressed out, you beeline it to the kitchen, and midway through, right, you recognize I'm binge eating right now. Maybe you don't stop binge eating in that moment, but your awareness is there, right? That's another step. And so just really starting to make our way to the ideal behavior, which is before you start putting food in your mouth, recognizing what's going on in your body and trying to choose, trying to meet that emotion with an experience, not with food. That is the ideal, but we have to start celebrating the fact that you're becoming more and more aware, and it takes time, right? Like, there are absolutely some times where you know, as you're walking through the door, I'm going to go binge eat. 
that is still a step in the right direction that involves being being proud of yourself. And so we have to start like look again looking at our measure of success it's not you're on your diet or you're off your diet it's so black and white with the dieting world and so what happens is a woman starts some sort of healthy eating regimen and she falls off and she you know binge eats or eats ice cream or whatever something that's quote unquote bad and then she just starts beating herself up and saying she's a failure she's a failure she's a failure and this is what perpetuates the start and stop and start and stop Mm -hmm. So it's really a gradual recognizing of the process and being proud of yourself that you're making your way to that ideal behavior. It's like a rewiring and gradual steps. And to me, when I look at a diet, a diet is made by somebody, laid out by them, and given to you. And there's no ownership there on your part. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know... People, I think, are intuitively clever. <laughs> you know, I, I, I may be too broad with that. But, you know, most people who would come for help know what they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's the way you approach them. So I find what you're doing is you're giving ownership back to women and saying, listen, you know what's right and wrong. And let's try and, let's try and graduate away from a bad behavior in small steps. And I right. think once a woman has to take that on herself. That's another challenge. But that's not so much of a black and white. That's like these small rewirings and small steps. Is that how you're sort of guiding them along? Like, this is the ideal. You know you shouldn't, Benji, but let's make some connections as to why and maybe some steps next time you go and do it. Right. Yeah. And, and building your self-confidence because, again, like, I know I'm, I'm like vilifying diet culture, but it really is the culprit to so many self-esteem issues mm -hmm. um, because it, and again, this sounds very conspiracy theory, but it is true, is they want to keep you coming back. They have said that 80% of their profit is returning customers. So they like to create a codependency and how you create a codependency is by really saying to someone, you are incapable of doing this yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. I was deathly afraid of not being on a diet. I could not trust myself. No way I could trust myself because if I didn't have those limits, if I didn't have those lists, I would just eat my face off. I needed it. Mm -hmm. And that is, they design it that way. They design it to break down your trust with yourself so you need their next thing. And so as you're kind of joining in on the Wild the Alive journey, it's a rebuilding of the trust with yourself so you can see that you truly have the answers to most questions. And yeah, if, if you do need an outside source, you will be guided to that, but not to constantly knee-jerk reaction that when you are in some sort of, you're trying to figure something out to look outside of yourself. It's, exactly. It's really yeah, you're, that's exactly what I was getting at. You, we know that we shouldn't binge eat. Maybe we don't know why. Maybe there are some habits that need to be looked at more deeply. Mm -hmm. But even if you can't get to the root of it, you know you shouldn't do it. And let's just maybe make one step every time we go into a bad habit. And, you know, 
and again, we're labeling it bad habit. You know, sometimes if you binge eat, some people to come home and sit down after a bad day and have a glass of wine or a bowl of ice cream and you feel better. To me, that's not always a negative association and you're always associating, you know, maybe you just need that to feel better. Why is that any different if you're doing it, not every single night, but every once in a while, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Or I've had a great day and I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream that I haven't had before. You know, I haven't had in, in such a long time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that you're right. We're looking at things the wrong, the wrong way. And um, and when I talk to people, I, I never say remove this, this. I shouldn't say never. You know, we're talking within a healthy diet, right? Um, mm-hmm. Add something so that you're crowding out the things you don't want as opposed to, again, take away, take away, which is a negative. And I, I think you're right. I think we have to be more ingratiated to ourselves and don't expect to be perfect because that's just, that's just we can't do it. We just can't do it. Right. So you talk about food and we've talked about uh, body image, but this also extends to the way we exercise. Yep. And again, a lot of us, and I, I tend to be this way too, the more I sweat, the harder I go, it must be more beneficial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but intuitively, again, I know that that's not the case. And sometimes going for a walk is as restorative and as much exercise as I need now. But how are you working with movement and exercise with women? Right. Okay. So, so Wildly Alive is based on the philosophy that your body is a living, breathing, feeling thing, just like a plant. So if I were to look at a plant every day and say, you're not good enough and I don't like you and just send negative energy to it, then it would struggle to survive. And that's where a lot of women are with their bodies. They just look at it as this thing that's hanging on them that's not right, that will never be right and never be good enough. And so your body is a manifestation of nature, okay? And so the really beautiful thing about women is that our 28-day cycle, if you are cycling or not, if you're on hormonal birth control or pregnant or have gone through menopause or not, our bodies are designed on a 28-day cycle. That also mirrors the moon and also mirrors the four seasons. It's pretty amazing to think that we are so connected to Mother Nature in this way. So just a real quick overview, the new moon, which is the dark moon when it's dark out, that's our bleeding phase, and vice versa. The full moon is our ovulation phase, so that's the summer phase. And so when I teach women about movement, because I too was a lot like you, I have to go hard, I have to see the white light, I have to push it, yoga doesn't count, walking doesn't count, I really needed to um, like kind of uh, honestly like abuse my body. Um, Even when she was tired, even when she was run down, I forced her to, you know, do things that really weren't good for her. But learning about this, what I call cyclical self-care, is we are on a cycle, is, um, is that when we're like on a bleeding phase, which again, even if you aren't menstruating, it's fine. You, you kind of start tracking with the moon and your body will start syncing up with this. So when the new moon happens, we tend, this is a winter energy. So it, again, if you ever get confused, you just think about Mother Nature. What is Mother Nature doing in the winter? She's restoring, she's relaxing, she's taking time to just rejuvenate. And so when we are 
in our bleeding phase or in our new moon phase, it is actually going to be um, not beneficial to our bodies to force some sort of intense movement. And again, on the flip side, the full moon, the ovulation phase, the summer phase is all about, again, think about summer. Things are blossoming. There's lots of energy. This is a great time for high intensity movement. And so Within the program, I really talk about this cyclical self-care a lot and have women come back to it. Again, it's not, it's more of a guide. It's more of them opening up the conversations. And really, more than anything, it's giving you permission to take a relaxing walk and how that counts. <laughs> and also invite you into doing something more high intensity if that tends to not be your comfort zone when you're feeling like your body is a little antsy and it has that more outward summary feel. And, you know, again, like that's why seven day plans don't work for us. They work for men because men's hormones work on a 24 hour cycle. They go through all four of these phases in a 24 hour period, but women are in a 28 day cycle. And so it's it's a real it's a great invitation and and permission to just let your body guide your movement. Hmm, that's lovely, you know. And I'm a big fan of of rhythms and chronobiology and circadian rhythm. And I never thought of it in that light. Mm. Um, it, it's it's a it's a really refreshing way that you look at things. And I think we all need to open up a bit more to this way of thought. Now, what do you have going in your business now? Anything new and coming or um, we visit your website? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. So you can find, you can find me at wildlyalive.com. That's probably the best place to find me. Um, but I do have a five day challenge coming up called the embrace and reshape your body challenge where you can really kind of dip your toe in the wildly alive waters and, and see if it's for you because yes, this is different and it's a little out there, but, you know, if nothing has really worked for you in the past, then that's probably a really good thing. Are you working with um, clients one-on-one -on -one or is everything online for you? Um, yeah, everything's mainly online and um, in a group format. Oh, that's nice. And then email address do you have in case people want to get a hold? Yeah, M-E, me, at wildlyalive.com. Wonderful. Okay, this has been really, really eye-opening for me, honestly. It's a really nice way of of looking at our bodies, of paying homage to what is, you know, what we as women ask our bodies to go through. And I think, you know, I think it's coming to a time where I think maybe women are ready to accept mm -hmm. that they need to be more accepting of who they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love, I love your viewpoint. It's really, it's a really nice way to, to, as I said, look at us and, and as a, as a woman sphere, really grow from, mm -hmm as a group. Now, do you do these all as a group activity, I'm assuming? Do you find power within the group? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything's in a group. I mean, sisterhood is where it's at um, for me. I, I host Wildly Alive Sisterhood Retreats as well. It's just so much more powerful when you're in community with like-minded women who are there to support you in your strengths and in your weaknesses. I think women have this this long history of turning against each other and I think we're all kind of ready for that to die and <laughs> to empower one another and let go of that old story so I I mean I used to be very independent and not think I needed anybody so I get the fear in it but there is something so beautiful that happens when 
positive, supportive women surround each other and uplift each other. It's like you become an unstoppable force. Wonderful. Nicole, you're so refreshing. It's been lovely having you on the show. It really has. Thanks. It's been, I love talking about this stuff. Excellent. Well, everyone, Nicole gave you all of her information. Uh, when the podcast comes up, uh, we'll have that all on there for you too. But if you need to reach us, thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any other questions and uh, we can help put you in contact with Nicole. Everybody, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.